Georgia and North Carolina visiting with my family and my wife's family. It's going to be good to get back. I'll be back in the office tomorrow, uh, Monday, and I will be back at the pulpit this coming Sunday as I share my one prayer for Grace Community Church. But this morning I have a special treat for you. I have one, one last guest speaker who will be sharing his one prayer for Grace and for the church as a whole in Tucson. And that is uh, that guest speaker is John Miller. John Miller is a good friend of mine. He, is the, he is, was the founding pastor of Northwest Bible Church, not too far from Grace, and served there for over 30 years. And today he has a great message to share with you about his prayer that the church would follow the Good Shepherd. So as he shares from God's Word in Psalm 23, would you give a warm welcome to John Miller? Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. I know you're there. Um, actually, he's in town now, so that means uh, everybody can start calling him all throughout the day. <laughs> no, don't tell him I said that and don't do it. But Dave's a good guy, and uh, I'm in a, uh, uh, a group with him. It's called a covenant group and in with, uh, for at least a couple of years and got to know him pretty well in this group of pastors. And I'm just telling you, he's a good and godly man, and, and you're really blessed to have him as, as lead pastor of Grace Community. And he, I'm glad he's out on, uh, has had a, a nice vacation time to be refreshed and rejuvenated to kind of step back into to ministry, because uh, as I know him, he doesn't have, really have an off button. When he's in ministry, I mean, he is all there. And it's not punching the clock, you know, eight to five every day for, uh, for a minister. And I know he gives his all to you guys and loves you very much. So uh, it's an honor uh, for me to be here and, and share with you from the Word of God. Uh, he just, uh, he knew I had stepped down from Northwest Bible, so he asked if I would uh, come and share the Word with you guys uh, just before he gets, uh, gets back uh, in the pulpit, get back in the saddle, as it were. But I'm with uh, my wife, Carol, who's here today with me, and um, we visited here a couple of months ago and, and uh, brought the Bloombergs with us, uh, Jeff and Donna, who have come, and then they kind of settled in here and, and uh, part of the, the family here. And uh, so we're, we're uh, happy to be here again in, in this venue of just opening the Word of God. Um, yeah, and it, you know, uh, maybe you don't know this about, uh, about Jeff. He's up here playing the, the mandolin, but that's not a baby guitar that he had. I know you're wondering about that. Is he playing a baby guitar? Um, no, it's, it's this interesting instrument with, an, with a great sound to it. But uh, he was also, uh, Jeff was also uh, uh, coach of the year at, uh, over at Catalina Foothills uh, High School this year and he's a tennis coach yeah so good good job there man it was uh took the team took the team a long way and uh it's great great to be a winner um well listen i'm here today to take you through a very familiar passage of scripture and somebody here is probably going to say well i've been there done that I've read that, I've gone through it and, you know, got that done. Can, can, you, can you do something I haven't already done or something? I'm, I'm sure that's for some of you. Because Psalm 23 is one of the most famous and popular uh, psalms and passages of Scripture in all the Bible. Maybe it's the most, most certainly most widely read um, for, uh, among believers and unbelievers alike. It's often read 
at, uh, at funerals. And uh, it, uh, aside from maybe John 3.16, that's pretty popular, uh, Psalm 23 is pretty amazing. But I, what I want to do is unpack it maybe in a different way than some of you have heard before as we jump into it. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there if, uh, or some other uh, electronic device that gets you, gets you to the Word. Uh, but we're also going to have some verses up here for you to look at as we kind of walk through uh, this, this verse. Are we doing okay sound-wise so far? Okay, good. So what I'd like you to do, now that you've all sat down, I'd like you all to stand up, and we're going to read this scripture together. Okay? Read Psalm 23 together. And this is from uh, the New Living Translation. Okay? So let's read together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast before me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that beautiful? You may be seated. One of the most beautiful pieces of prose or poetry written by King David. And uh, so what I want to do is just walk through it now with you and uh, kind of look at it through the eyes of sheep. Through the eyes of a sheep because that's who we all are. When we talk about a shepherd or a sheep or a sheepfold, uh, those kinds of references are used almost 600 times in the Bible. Sheep, shepherd, sheepfold, um, in, in various uh, terms like that. Uh, that's a lot of times. And so God is trying to tell us something there that uh, he's trying to say that, you know what, I want you to look at me as a shepherd. And I want you to look at yourself as a sheep. Now, the people in uh, first century Palestine would know very well what a sheep and a shepherd are because uh, they were all over the place. There were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sheep in the Holy Land. And m hundreds upon hundreds of shepherds all over the place. Everybody knew what they were and uh, we, we, how many of you have uh, been with, have been a shepherd or been with sheep? Been out with the pastures? A few people who probably have uh, some experiences with sheep, but most of us, uh, we don't. We maybe see them in a petting zoo or we see them at, at the zoo. Um, but what I want us to do is really get inside uh, this understanding this morning. So, here we go. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. I shall not be in want. Uh, I have all that I need. Now, what he means by that is my God provides all my needs. And, of course, Paul says this. My God provides all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. Um, 
those are the needs that we need the most. Those are the needs that feed the soul. There's lots of things that feed the flesh that maybe we don't have a lot of money. <laughs> maybe health is not what it ought to be. Uh, may, maybe, you know, material things. But in terms of what God really provides for his, his own, his children, is, are those intrinsic needs, the deep needs that feed the soul. And they're the most important of all. And so uh, David says, hey, you know, um, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm a sheep. And he takes care of me. I'm just telling you he takes care of me. Now, when you think about what David just said there, you need to see it in the context of the day in which he lived. What was he doing? Well, yeah, he did grow up as a shepherd boy. Uh, he shepherded sheep as a, young, as a young child growing up. And uh, so he knew everything about it. But then he became king. And now he's the king of Israel. And now people come to him. They even, to go into his presence in the palace where he lived, they had to bow in, in his presence. That's the, how, how you handled the kings in those days. Uh, he had all kinds of servants to take care of him. Uh, he was the top of the totem pole. He was the king in authority. And yet, in this verse 1, he says, the Lord's my shepherd. And I'm just sheep. And the people of Israel are going, wow. David says that the Lord is his shepherd, and yet he's shepherding us. He's shepherding us, but then he's looking to the great shepherd. And let me just say as we, as we jump in here that to you adults, to you parents here today, how important it is to share with your kids uh, in, in, in terms of just your life with them, opportunities to say this, you know, son, daughter, God has called me to, to shepherd you. And you explain what a shepherd does, you know, to lead, to guide, to feed, to protect, to care, care for. And God's really called your mom and dad uh, to shepherd you. And so we do the best we can, and we're learning. This is, this is a learning curve for us. Um, and, but, we're, but we want to honor God in doing it. Now, the reality is we too have a shepherd. God is our shepherd. And though we're shepherding you, we are looking to God for guidance, for strength, for wisdom in how to shepherd you and how to basically live our life on planet Earth. So we, we're vulnerable. We're like sheep. We need the Lord. You see, teaching our kids that we need somebody is really, really important because they look at us like people looked at King David and said, man, he's the top of the heap. He, he looks down on everybody else. Uh, he's so strong and capable and able. It's good for a parent to admit to a child, you know what? Uh, I'm a sheep too. And I look to the shepherd, the great shepherd for strength and wisdom. So I encourage you to have that talk with your kids because it does all kinds of good things. It helps them look to the shepherd in trusting him with their life. Because if dad's going to do it, mom's going to do it, man, I, I need to put the shepherd first in my life. And I believe this had a profound effect on the people of Israel. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. So you have to picture him out in the pasture. And he's a sheep. And there's the shepherd. So the Lord is my shepherd. 
shepherd, and because I'm with him, I don't, I'm not in need. Now, without him, I'm in a lot of need. Do, do you realize, what, what defense mechanism does a sheep have? Think about it. They got four, they got four sticks for legs. Uh, what sound do they make to scare animals away? The wolf. Bah! You know? Oh, yeah. Like, that's going to work. Um, what kind of defense mechanism do they have? Does their, uh, their wool turn to pine needles or something? Do, can they get into a shell to protect themselves? Do they, uh, can they run like the wind away from an enemy? Uh, see, they're the most vulnerable animal among the creatures God created. They're just easy prey for whatever's out there. Plus, they're fresh meat. You know, they're fresh meat for enemy. So I want you to picture that because guess what? God wants you to see yourself like that. Sometimes we think we're stronger than we really are, that we may not need the Lord as much as we really do. But this is not my father's world, man. We're in enemy territory here. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one, says 1 John 5, 19. And uh, we can certainly see that as we look around the world today, can't we? All the horror ugliness that's happening it, you know even though there's beauty in God's creation and there's good times that we have in life uh, the world's in a mess and, and men and women uh, human beings are fallen creatures they're, they're broken and uh, we are in enemy territory we need to trust the Lord so he says the Lord is my shepherd I, 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 I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me beside peaceful streams. So here's what my Lord does for me, my shepherd does for me. He lets me rest in green meadows. Now, the Hebrew there is he makes me lie down in green pastures. Makes me. Now, interesting word for make me because why, why would he do that? Well, sheep are not very intelligent. I'm just saying right now, they're not very intelligent they can be in a green meadow and uh, not remember to eat like they should. And so what the shepherd will do, because shepherd knows exactly what he's doing with the sheep. The sheep don't know that they're in a meadow for about two hours uh, and then they're going to be moving because there's a storm coming. And so the shepherd knows that in two hours I'm going to move those sheep into a uh, another area, a safer area, but it's going to be dry and barren and there are no grass there. So I'm going to make these sheep eat while, the, you know, there's something to eat. And see how the Lord takes care of us when we... So, we, so he makes us like... So he actually uh, sometimes even pushes the, the lambs, the, the sheep over so that they'll be in the grass so that they will tend to eat while they're there and graze while they're there. Uh, but he's taking care of us in that. And then it says, he, uh, he, he lets them rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. Well, the sheep obviously need water. And so he would lead the sheep beside a stream. But the thing about sheep is they don't like things that move, moving things. They, get, they even get afraid of their own shadows. They're afraid of other sheep that are running around. It just startles them, and then they take off and go somewhere. Compl- I mean, it's crazy trying to herd sheep. Well, they come to a water because they need to drink, 
in a thirsty land. And what the uh, shepherd will do is they're not going to drink even when they're thirsty. Sheep have been known to die of thirst next to a stream because the stream, well, the water's running too fast and they're afraid of it. They're afraid of the running water. Isn't that crazy? It's just kind of sharing with us the mentality of sheep. And so what the shepherd will do is, is dam up a part of the stream so there's a quiet pool there where the water's calm and the sheep will definitely go there and lap up uh, the water and therefore live and then go on. It's just, it, this shows the care of the shepherd for the sheep. He just, I want you to get that picture because David knew as a shepherd, this is how sheep are and what I do for the sheep to keep them healthy. I do all of these things to take care of them. That's why you're not in need because he's watching over you in this way. Now, of course, you're not a stray sheep. You're not running off where you ought not to be because then you're not going to get that water. You're not going to get that grass. And we need to stay close to the shepherd. He guides, uh, he uh, renews my strength, which means uh, he restores my soul. In the, in the Hebrew is the idea of restores my soul. And we need restoration, don't we? We need our soul restored and replenished and renewed because life's hard. Life can be very hard. And the Lord is there to refresh our spirit, restore our soul. He's so good to us that way. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He guides me, and you know the word that's often used there is righteousness, guides me in paths of righteousness. But this is a good rendition of the original Hebrew here because it says he, he guides me in the right path. And what that means is there are many paths in uh, the hills and the, and the valleys and the plains of Palestine. Many paths. And a shepherd would know where he wanted to lead the sheep with all of these paths. It just you know, Think of it. Like, and I don't know if you've been hiking in the Catalinas or you know, on trails like this. I know... I know Pastor Dave would love this illustration because he loves to hike. He's got all kinds of illustrations. But there are a lot of trails. And as we follow the shepherd, he leads us in the right path, which means there are wrong paths. And in ancient Palestine, there were often fake paths that robbers would make. In other words, thieves out there would actually spend the time to make a, a, a path off the beaten path, make it look like the right way, so that when they come around a bend, some, pe- some, some travelers would come around a bend, then they would be accosted and the thieves would take their money. There are wrong paths to take. You know that because you've taken some of those wrong paths. Not that you've been robbed, but maybe you've been robbed of time because of poor choices and getting away from the shepherd. But he leads me in the right path. And you can trust the shepherd. I know sometimes we doubt him. I know sometimes we're walking with him and he say, Lord, this looks like a better way. I, 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 I'm going to make this decision. Uh, sorry, I, I just don't, I don't think that's the right path. And so we go, we go over here and we regret it. We regret it. Sometimes it's a big regret. Um, and then we, we confess. And we say, Lord, 
I've gotten away from you. I've tried to do it my way, thinking my way was the best. But no, it's not the good path. And Lord, I want to honor you again, and I, I want to be obedient, and I want to come back. And, and the Lord is so gracious, isn't he? Time and time again, he's saying, okay. You know, we lost, we lost some time, and there's some consequences with wrong choices. No doubt about it. You can't take back. You can take that back. But God is so merciful and gracious that we say, okay, let's go. Let's get back on the right path again. Thank you, Lord, for, for being that way. Thank you, Lord, for being that way. So he leads me in the right paths that bring honor to his name, glorify his name. Of course, the scripture says, whatever you, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. First uh, Corinthians 10, 31. Uh, that everything we do in our life needs to be for his glory, for his good. Um, and, and that's staying on the right path. And then it says, even when I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid. Now, here's the thing about that. Um, when I, uh, it, this is the shepherd leading. This is God leading us. And he's led us to some quiet streams. Awesome. Led us to some open meadows with the grass. And it's beautiful. It's a great, thank you, Lord. It's great. And now he's leading us through the valley. I mean, we didn't, we didn't stray into the valley. God did this on purpose. He's leading us into the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes we question God. How? Well, what? Now, I know sometimes we lead ourselves in there. We, we, we do. But sometimes he leads us into hard times and troubles and trials. And, and we do question sometimes. We go, well, what, what is this about? You know, and, it, and the thing about a valley is that that's where the predators are. The shadows, they hide in the shadows, up in the cliffs. And sheep, I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're a good meal for the wolves uh, and the hyenas and the lions and whatever's out there uh, are hungry. And here's these, this fresh meat. In a very vulnerable situation in a valley... Well, that's, that's, but, but what, what does David say? He says, I don't, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm in this valley, but I fear no evil. I fear no evil. I know they're there. They're lurking. They're out there. Now, of course, sheep are kind of dumb. They don't even probably sense. They don't have a sense of danger, by the way. That's not the sense of, I think there might be a wolf over there, so I better not stray over in that area. No, they don't think about that. They just think, there's a nice patch of grass over there by those rocks. I like that. I'm going to go over there and, uh, and then, you know, and then they get in trouble. But David says, I'm in this valley. It's dark. It's dreary. It's scary. And yet, you know what? There's a calmness within me. I'm not going to fear evil. Why? Why? He says, for you're with me. For you're with me. That's the key. It's not so much, you know, where you are in life. It's who you're with. And if the Lord is with you, he can see you through whatever struggle and trial is that you're going through. It's a matter of who you're with. And it's, it's really us. Sometimes we get so frightened. And it's, yeah, in a sense, it's a lack of faith or a lack of focus. We're focusing on ourselves. We're focusing on the giants in the land. We're focusing on, you know... Uh, comparing ourselves to the to the challenge, 
and not focusing ourselves on the Lord who is up to the challenge, who is with us, who is our shepherd, who is giving his very life to take care of us. We need to remember that all the time. We do forget it. We need to come back to it, remember it, because, uh, man, Lord, I don't fear now because you're with me and you love me. And you've got to believe that God is good, number one, and that he loves you, number two. You can believe that God is good and yet not be sure that he really cares about you that much, that loves you, because uh, God's supposed to be good, but does he, is he really in control of things? Is he really in control? That he's good and that he's in control. He's a good God. He'll always be good. And he's also sovereign. He is the king. He is in control. And if I believe those two things, which I should, then um, I'll begin to, that fear will dissipate from me. And I'll begin to trust in him no matter what. Now, he says, your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. Rod and the staff. Well, a staff is this, uh, it's about that high, it's got, a, it's got a crook in it, no staff. And uh, it has a crook in it because it was used to pull sheep out of trouble. Because think of the wool that they have and getting caught in a briar patch or, you know, some kind of a thorns uh, or sticking one of those legs in a hole and they can't get out of it. Uh, sheep get in trouble pretty easily. Um, and this staff would be used to, to wrap around the neck of the sheep and pull it out or pull it away from thorns pull it out of a hole, this kind of thing. It's, it's one, of the, one of the reasons for the staff. So, yeah, the, the staff uh, is, is, is a comfort there. Then there's the rod. Now, the rod was used for discipline for the most part and protection because the rod was shorter, about this long, maybe a stubble, a stubble uh, uh, head to it, the shepherd would learn to throw this, and they got pretty good at it. They would have contests in those days of who, who could handle the weapon the best, but they would learn to throw this at, at, at wolves or some predator that was out there and learn to just nail that sucker and have him run off into the woods and into the hills. Uh, and then he'd pick, pick up his, his rod, you know. And, uh, but it was also used to prod the sheep. If you had a lazy sheep, or some sheep that's getting in trouble, it would prod that sheep, poke them, and it would be an dis implement of discipline for the sheep. So David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod comforts. I'm getting disciplined by the shepherd, and I, you're calling that comfort? I'll tell you the most secure children in this room are the ones who are disciplined in a biblical way, consistently, lovingly, but disciplined. And disciplined by its very nature has, a, has, has pain associated with it. It's not fun. If it's fun, I don't think it's disciplined. And we are wayward creatures. We, we sin, we offend, we, we act out. And as parents, we have responsibility to, to, to raise up our children in the way they should go. And that includes discipline. I'm not saying we use a rod, you know, like a, 
like, you know, the shepherd uses on, on sheep. But we do use our own implements of discipline in terms of how, what our philosophy is of disciplining our child. And it's good. And the most secure kids are the ones who are disciplined appropriate to the crime they've committed or whatever they've done. Uh, and it's consistent so that the boundaries are there. And the kid in your, the, the children in your home, they, they, they know, here are the boundaries. Here's, here's what we are to do and what we're not to do. Here are the consequences if you step over those boundaries and disobey your parents. And then when they disobey and they step over, you consistently discipline. They learn where freedom is and where freedom is not. They learn that those boundaries are a place of security. This is why God set up his laws uh, not to to bind us and to close us in, but to show us where our freedom is. And so I know that, I, that I've got all this freedom to, to live my life, and, but if I want to disobey Almighty God, if I want to allow my sin nature to have its own way, I will pay a consequence. That's why, we, that's why there needs to be consequences, because kids start testing the borders, you know, and stepping over to see if they're going to get disciplined sometimes. And it's just the way we're wired, you know. And that's why we're to train up our children uh, to honor the Lord. But I'm just sharing that with you here. Uh, so the rod is a comfort. It ends up being a comfort. It's a good thing. And I'm grateful uh, for the spankings my mom gave me. Because <laughs> my dad worked all the time. And he wasn't the kind of guy who was going to do the discipline. He just wasn't wired that way. I think because of his own upbringing, but my mother was consistent when I stepped across that particular line. And it was, it was important for me and good for me because it helped me fear breaking the law, fear dishonoring my mother. And, uh, and that was important. That's important for us all. So the rod and the, 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 rod and the staff, they comfort me, they protect me. And he says, then he, then he goes first person on us or, or second person. So he's, he's, he's been going here, uh, you know, uh, first person, and now he goes second person. He, uh, David says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare it. Now, he's actually talking to the shepherd personally, Almighty God, saying, you know what, you, you take care of me. Even in the presence of hard times, uh, perhaps ridicule and heartache, in uh, kinds of, of, of relational suffering. You know, Lord, you're there. You're very gracious to me and loving to me, and you prepare a table before me, even in the presence of, of my enemies. Now, this could have to do with, with the shepherd putting out a feast for the sheep in the midst of the predators that are out there, and the sheep can eat without fear because the shepherd's watching over them while they, while they eat. So it can have that kind of picture to it, too. Um, so you prepare this feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. Okay, what does that mean? Well, uh, the, sh the shepherd often carried linseed oil with him. Because here's the thing about sheep. Uh, there's a couple of things. Number one, uh, they, of course, they're out in the field where there are snakes. And 
sheep always have their nose in the grass or down in the ground, and a, a, a viper could, could bite them and kill them right there. And so linseed oil is a repellent. The snake would actually smell this oil and back away. And there's another reason. And many parts, depending on the time of year, um, I think we saw it, I was out walking the other day uh, after the big rain, when these big rains were getting. And, you know, there's like, I don't know what they're called, but they're like flies, like millions of them. And they're just all kind of hovering, hovering right there. Have you seen that? Like on streets and things. And just walking by that going, wow, it's amazing, you know. Well, um, sheep were vulnerable to flies. And if there were a lot of flies that were in an area and they started buzzing around their head, a, a, a sheep can go crazy, absolutely crazy. We live next door to some horses and those flies, they actually wear, you know, these little masks, see-through masks to keep the flies from messing with their, uh, their, their faces. Uh, but the sheep go nuts and they can actually uh, stampede and go off a cliff because the flies are driving them nuts. And it's very irritating. Linseed oil would keep the flies away. And so there are stories of sheep that were very irritated where the, the shepherd goes, he puts it on them, and all of a sudden the calm, calm comes across a sheep that has had that placed on him. Well, what does David say here? See, David knows about these things. He was a shepherd out in the pasture. You, see, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. God does that to us. He does it for us. He brings his peace into our harried life, our crazy life, and he touches us with his peace and his calm. And boy, do we need that. God is a good shepherd. And it also says, my cup overflows with blessings. And so when a shepherd would find a well to water, to, to give the sheep uh, a drink, he would uh, uh, keep bringing up the buckets, pour them into a trough. But the thing about sheep is they don't like to stick their neck deep into a trough. They won't drink. That, that's just weird that way. But if it's full to running over, they will come over and lap it up with their tongue and lap up the water. And so here is the shepherd taking just extra care for the sheep, the crazy sheep, to make sure that they're nourished. This is the picture here. See, David wants everybody to know how caring God is for us. And then he says, Surely, good, uh, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Well, he started out saying, the shepherd is leading me. So the shepherd's out front, and here are the lambs, here are the sheep, and they're leading. He's being there being led by the shepherd. And then we read uh, that when I go through the valley of shadow, it says the shepherd is with me. So not only is he leading me and guiding me, he's there's a relationship there, okay? He's with me. And now it says, surely goodness and his, and his mercy and his unfailing love will pursue me. So we've got the shepherd ahead, the shepherd with, and the shepherd behind following up. Man, do you feel secure this morning? 
just knowing that God cares for you that much. I mean, he's got us covered. He's got us covered. See, faith is what we need. Because the reality, if you've come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, these realities are true. But if we don't think they are, you know, then we're going to worry. We're going to think we're alone. We think God has abandoned us. And then the devil. The devil houses where he wants us. So this is beautiful. His goodness, his unfailing love. He loves us so much. And then he, he polishes it off by saying, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Of course, the house of the Lord at that time was the temple, and uh, uh, you know, that was being built, that he was not allowed, and David was not allowed to get into it, but as he thought about the house of the Lord that God wanted to build, and as he thought of heaven to come, he said, you know what? Not only is the, is the shepherd with me in this life, but he's going to be with me in the next life. And I'm going to be in his home. And guess what they thought of in the, in the Middle East and do today more than kind of we do in the West? Um, if you're invited into a home, it's all about relationship. It's not being, oh, I get to be in this home, be, in, be inside these walls. Uh, no, I get, to, I get a relationship with the people I'm with inside this place. So when, what David is saying is, is, I get to be with my shepherd, my Lord, forever sometimes we think well or some of us can think this way can't wait to go to heaven because in heaven uh you know there's there's the the, the glassy seas there there's the uh, the beautiful uh, pearl, pearl gates there's these mansions it must be a hundred times better than hawaii or the best place i can think of and i'll get to romp, romp and roam roam wherever i want it's gonna be fantastic and we're thinking about places and things. I think David's not thinking about places and things which are going to be beautiful. He's thinking about a person. Thinking about the Lord God himself because he has this beautiful relationship with him. That's what we want. While we're, while we're walking by faith in this life, to walk with our shepherd, to enjoy Jesus so much every day of our life. And that's my message to you. Let's pray together as we... Uh, as we close our time, okay? Father in heaven, I thank you for allowing us to see you in this light, to see you as our heavenly shepherd who leads us, who is with us, who surrounds us with loving kindness. We want to praise you. We want to worship you and thank you and lift up your name. And I pray if there's anyone here this morning that... Ah, they're just on a path on their own. They haven't really connected with the shepherd, haven't entered into the relationship that he so desires to have with us, that today they might commit their life to Christ. Say, Lord, I'm a sheep. I'm a wayward sheep. I'm vulnerable. Uh, I'm a mess. I need my shepherd. I need to follow you. I give my life to you. You've given your life to me. And Lord, I pray that if anyone's prayed that prayer and come into a deeper relationship with you, that uh, they might enjoy the reality of that and even share it with someone here today. Lord, we love you for taking you. you just, we love for, for who you are and what you have done on our behalf. We don't deserve it, but you lavish it on us anyway. 
Thank you for caring for us. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.